your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday on Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. That is the number to give me a call, give me a text. Uh, coming up on the show, Common Cause Wisconsin's Jay Hex going to come on. We're going to talk about the Wisconsin Supreme Court and lame duck justice Dan Kelly, right? He got voted out and he's been on some pretty big rulings the last couple of, well, at least a couple of weeks ago and one coming up possibly. Um, Absentee balloting in in Wisconsin and, you know, essentially voting by mail where that's going to turn out, how that's going to turn out, I should say. And uh, maybe we'll, if we get into it, if we, if we get there, we could talk about gerrymandering as well in the state. Uh, Wisconsin's one of the most gerrymandered states in the United States. And the people that keep voting on whether to end uh, letting one party or another draw district lines, the people, the people that vote on this stuff keep saying, yeah, we should end that. It's a no-brainer. Um, pretty pretty decisively too so we we will probably talk about that it's something i think is always interesting and if you are sitting at home or you're just sitting and you got your phone on you just look up wisconsin congressional district and look at ron kind's district for our our district right like and then you can kind of get an idea of like oh that's that's who gets to vote for congress in our district that's that's where the voting lines are really weird um so, yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit. Minnesota is opening up today as per the governor's order. Not totally opening up, but just slowly opening up. Uh, some of the there are, there are some fights going on in the state. I know a bar was was going to open up like it it threatened to and the attorney general threatened a a lawsuit on that bar if if they did in fact try to open up, which was it was up in Albany, but God, it was it was uh, it was a big fine. If, if and now I can't find it, of course. Um, but it was a pretty big fine if that bar was going to open up. And I guess the bar has decided nah, we're not going to do that. We're going to go back to curbside pickup. Just keep going the way we're going. Uh, Minnesota is not a great comparison to Wisconsin when it comes to the lockdown because the numbers in Minnesota are a lot bigger than Wisconsin. I guess I don't know if it's a lot bigger, but the the numbers are are slightly higher at least um positive tests in let me see if i can find the minnesota numbers here uh the positive test cases in wisconsin 12,687 confirmed covid-19 cases 459 deaths that's what was reported just a couple hours ago in wisconsin so that's wisconsin 12,687 co- confirmed in Minnesota, it's 16,300. There was another 700 positive tests today in Minnesota. It's a lot. And you can always balance that. Well, it's a lot because they've ramped up testing. Yeah, but we've ramped up testing and they keep finding more. So, you know, there's there's two sides of that coin. And, you know, you keep finding more and then we can isolate those people. And de- the death count, the death toll in Minnesota, 731. And in Wisconsin, 459. Uh, what's always interesting, if you really dive into these numbers, is the where these deaths are happening. It's such a weird thing to talk about. It's just the stat, right? But these are people that are dead. And 
in Minnesota, almost, I want to say three quarters of them or so are people that are in nursing homes and whatnot. I'm not sure about Wisconsin. I think they just in the last week or so, they, they said that they were going to let inform the public of what nursing homes and, and homes like that were going to get tested and what those test results were. So Minnesota's has must have that already, but yeah, the the nursing home deaths in in Minnesota, you know, I didn't up up to today, there had been fifteen deaths in Minnesota or Minnesota in Winona in Winona County, fifteen deaths, and all but one of those came from one facility, Sower Healthcare, like a senior home extended living facility. So pretty pretty big outliers when it comes to where where the virus is taking lives. And then the difference between Wisconsin and Minnesota, they're all a little bit different, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and even Iowa. The Iowa cases are really high. Death count is lower, but seems to be kind of, I don't know, growing. Obviously, they're all growing, but the death count, double-digit totals a lot lately in Iowa as well. So that's a a little update on on where we are with the COVID-19, the COVID, we could just say. Um, but let's get, let's get, uh, Brad in the news. There were some interesting, we'll see if Brad talks about these, but the U S army Corps of engineers, the St. Paul district is removing the closures to its facilities near the Mississippi river locks and dams from lock two near Hastings to lock 10 near Gutenberg, Iowa. So looks like they're opening up those locks. That was always, that's pretty interesting. And I believe the story is on wisdomnews.com. Uh, Lacrosse Airport, and I'll just give you one stat, and you can kind of, and I think Brad will update this because he just got done with a meeting at, with the Aviation Board. Uh, they had a meeting; he got done listening and and possibly a- asking them some questions. But the Aviation Board just met today. But uh, this April to last April, flights out of flights in Lacrosse, the Lacrosse Airport, down ninety five percent. So between this April and last April, so that's kind of a huge number, ninety five percent. It's unbelievable. Um, All right, so let's bring Jay Heck on in a couple of minutes. We're going to hit Brad in the news. We'll be back right here on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you got a question for Jay Heck with Common Cause Wisconsin, 608-785-7914. Shoot me a text. Uh, Before we bring you on, Jay, I just wanted to let people know that uh, Lacrosse County did also have two more cases of COVID-19. I didn't mention that. Probably should have, considering we live here. And uh, one was a male in his 20s, and another was a male in his 50s. Uh, Jay, you're in Madison, right? I am, yeah, in Dane County. Uh, how, how, you know, we have 47 cases in La Crosse County, so it's, it's really, but the cases have been kind of coming a little bit more consistently lately, but uh, Madison, a little bit different story, right? Yeah, you know, it's not like Milwaukee County, but uh, just because of the, higher density, uh, bigger population here. Um, there are certainly, you know, COVID cases every day. Uh, the Dane County Executive and the uh, Milwaukee County Executive have both uh, kept the stay-at-home orders in place. Uh, they haven't been lifted, so we didn't, see, <laughs> we didn't see what you saw, like, in Lake Geneva over the weekend where uh, I, I, you probably saw pictures of uh, – all those people from Illinois, from Chicago, driving on up into up into Wisconsin to 
to so they could be in bars and you know cough on each other. Uh, you don't see that here in in Madison, um, but there certainly are uh, there certainly are more cases here because we're the second biggest county in the state. Yeah, and and I don't want to get into a COVID conversation, but the the idea that Milwaukee is getting hit hard is because a lot of people live on top of each other in those high rises. And in Madison, the rule is there are no buildings that can be higher than the state capitol, right? So that kind of helps, right? The, the sprawl of the, of the uh, you know population that that helps a little bit. Well, it does. Although uh, you know anybody that's been to Madison the last five years would know that. Uh, uh, there are just there's such a building boom here. There are so many new uh, uh, apartments and condos going up in downtown Madison uh, areas that used to be sort of deserted and old industrial areas have all been converted. Uh, you know, there's Epic Corporation and some other big medical records, uh, high tech places here in Madison. So. Yeah, the uh, concentration of people living on top of each other is a lot more now than it was five years ago. So, you know, that might explain some of the reason why there's uh, uh, there's just a, a greater concentration of cases in in Dane County. And then, as you say, in Milwaukee, you know, it's, it's that. It's the reliance on public transportation. So a lot of things uh, contribute to having, you know, more COVID um, than, uh, than some of the more rural areas. Uh, I guess lacrosse is uh, is fortunate. I've been I've been in lacrosse many times, and you know, look, it's a city, and you've definitely got people living in closer proximity to each other. But it, but it is a bit more spread out. Yeah, and, and I think uh, you know, during the lockdown, anyway, people were pretty responsible. I know I drove by. I, I, I said this on a show last week, driving just driving through downtown, looking in the bars that the doors were open. I could see a couple of hours where people were shoulder to shoulder and I was like, mm, I don't know about that. I don't know if I want to be doing that. So um, anyway, yeah. not why I brought you on, but uh, it's, it's nice to get a <laughs> nice to get a perspective from somebody in Madison. And I've often tried to get sure. my friends that are in literally in New York City and literally in Los Angeles oh. to come on. But um, they're a little bit uh, hesitant. It's a tougher just, situation there altogether, right? Yeah. And I asked one of my friends that lives in you know, right in the heart of New York city. And, and she's like, I don't, I can't come on. Cause I'll start crying. And I was like, actually that'd be pretty good radio if you would do that. But no, I didn't want to force well, you know, Rick, it's that. interesting. I have a son that lives in Bangkok, Thailand and, uh, uh, believe it or not, uh, in an Asian country like that, close to China, uh, the situation is much better, much more under control than, uh, than anything in the United States. It's, uh, you know, they have, they have tougher rules regarding, uh, wearing masks and uh, and just the way everybody handles the situation than they do in uh, they do in the United States. So uh, many of those Asian countries just have done a much better job of keeping this thing under control and addressing the situation uh, when they've had problems. Uh, we could learn a lot from uh, you know from South Korea, uh, Thailand, Taiwan, Japan, some of those other countries that. Uh, experienced COVID before we did, and just did a better job of of, uh, of preparing for it. Now we're speaking with Jay Hack, who's become a you know a epidemiologist of of late, like all of us have. <laughs> uh, Jay Hack, you're are you like the executive director of Common Cause in Wisconsin? I I am, but uh, but also. Also a father concerned about my kids, so I, yeah. I do keep taps on what's going on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And um, okay, so can you just real quick describe to the audience here what Common Cause in Wisconsin is, is exactly? 
Yeah, we're actually the largest nonpartisan uh, reform, and uh, this is political reform organization in the state. Uh, the things we look at are voting rights, uh, gerrymandering, uh, money in politics. Uh, we're nonpartisan. We don't endorse candidates. Uh, we've had support from uh, Democratic and Republican candidates in the past uh, in uh, in the lacrosse area, we've had support from uh, Dan Kapanke in the past, and obviously J- Jennifer Schilling. Uh, the issues that we look at are really uh, process issues. We don't get involved in things like abortion or taxes or the environment. We just look at basic elections and then ethics and how people behave once they're in office, whether they're corrupt or not, uh, and whether they're listening to their constituents or not. So those are those are the things that we're we're concerned about. We're concerned about voting. Uh, we think more voting is better, uh, and we like to see more opportunities uh, for people to vote, not less. Uh, we also do not like things like fixed uh, legislative districts that make it so that uh, we already know who the winner is before the election even occurs. That's gerrymandering, and that's a problem not just in Wisconsin, but in states like Illinois, where the Democrats gerrymandered the Republicans. Um, and a whole bunch of other states. Uh, it's just not right because people don't have choices in elections. Uh, speaking with Jay Hack, Common Cause in Wisconsin, Executive Director. Okay, so when we when we okay, first of all, is it really hard to to keep that head? Uh, what do you title nonpartisan amongst these times? Because it it seems like uh, you know you if you even if you go on your Facebook page and see the some of the stuff you post, you'd be like, oh, this this group is nonpartisan because it, you know. <laughs> You know that's a that's a great question, and here's here's the answer to that question. Uh, for 50 years, we've been around. We have not changed our position on issues. Now, political parties have changed their issues, their 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 stance on issues. Um, used to be that uh, the Republican Party in Wisconsin was against having too much money in politics. They thought it was corrupting. Uh, used to be that they were not in favor of uh, of, of voter suppression. Uh, used to be that they were not in favor of uh, gerrymandering. Uh, so those positions have evolved uh, in, in, in the Republican Party in this state over the years. Um, and, you know, I guess the Republican Party bosses and have looked at uh, their position on those issues and decided to take an opposite view on those because they somehow think that that's, that's good for them. I would argue it's not good for them. In the long run, that's bad for them. Uh, same thing with uh, Democrats in Illinois, because they've been in charge for so many years. There's a certain arrogance about parties in power that they think that they can uh, you know, do things like gerrymander and make it harder for people to vote just because they're in power. So uh, our position hasn't changed. Uh, it's, the, it's the political parties, depending on what state you're in, that have changed and evolved. But eventually, I think, uh, you know, Republicans... In Wisconsin, uh, first, first of all, uh, the rank and file members of the Republican Party—it's the bosses that 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 don't uh, that don't that like gerrymandering. Rather, they do like it, but most Republicans think it's a bad thing uh, because they 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 want choices at election time too. They, you know, what what's the point if you live in in an area and you know you're a Republican and you you never have a chance of electing a Republican? for Congress, like the third congressional district, by the way, <laughs> that's a totally safe democratic district because of gerrymandering. And if you live in La Crosse 
and you're a Republican, there's not a chance in hell that you're going to elect a Republican to represent you in Congress because of the way that district has been gerrymandered uh, to favor Democrats. And, and so that's wrong. I mean, I, we think you ought to have a choice, and the elections should be far more competitive than they are um, in lacrosse with regard to who you elect, who you vote for for Congress. Same thing for, for, the, uh, for the state, uh, state representatives and the state senators in that area. They shouldn't be safe seats. They should be competitive seats. So, um, again, uh, we're not, we've been consistent. It's the parties that have changed their positions over the years. Now, you're saying that this, is it Derek Van Orden has no chance to beat Ron Kine? The guy was in a movie. <laughs> well, you know, look, uh, maybe that will that will impress an awful lot of people, but it's got to it's going to have to impress far more people than the numbers would suggest, because uh, because since 2011, uh, Ron Kind has not had a competitive election. Uh, and by competitive, I mean, within 10 points, uh, most of them have been have, blo- have been blowouts. It used to be that the third congressional district lacrosse was a competitive district. It was re- represented by a Democrat back in the uh, 80s, a guy named Al Baldus. He was defeated by a Republican congressman by the st- name of Steve Gunderson. Uh, Gunderson uh, retired in 1994, and in 1996, Ron Kind won the district. But for many years, it was competitive. There were some very close congressional elections in the 3rd Congressional District. Uh, I remember State Senator Dale Schultz came pretty close one year. Dan Kapanke came real close. Uh, I think in 2004, but in 2011, uh, the 3rd Congressional District was gerrymandered along with the 7th District to the north, uh, and both of those districts were made uh, safe Democratic for the 3rd and then safe Republican for the 7th uh, further north. That was Sean Duffy's district, and that district, which was represented by David Obie, a Democrat for years, is now a safe Republican district, and that was demonstrated, uh, what, last week when Tom Tiffany won by, what, 12, 14 points um, in a district that uh, used to be very competitive. I had Reed Galen on last week, and he said even though uh, with all the stuff going on with that district and with all the stuff going on in the world, right, like the pandemic and the the, the people showing up to the polls and it was a special election, he said – you got to take all that stuff into account and you can't look at that district too much, but Donald Trump won that district by a big, big percentage. And then Tom yep. Tiffany only won by, you know, he said he still won by a big percentage over uh Zunker. Uh, but, right. but he said that, you know, it ticked down a little bit and Republicans might even have to worry. Uh, and you know, that election is going to happen again in a couple of months. Right. So uh, it, it is weird. Uh, there's so many factors you can get into, and I will want to get into these. We've got to break for news here, Jay. But um, and talk about gerrymandering. Just give me the one stat with gerrymandering. We talked about it, the the percentage stat, right? Like uh, when voters go to the polls to vote on whether or not uh, districts should be uh, – the district line should be drawn by, by a Republican Party, by a Democratic Party. It's it, What's the stat there? Well, in Wisconsin, the polling numbers show that 72% – of Wisconsinites hate gerrymandering. They want competitive elections. That includes 62% of all Republican voters. Uh, the Democratic percentage is a little higher because Democrats have been gerrymandered worse in Wisconsin. But people overwhelmingly support 
competitive elections and they support an end to partisan gerrymandering. The people that want to keep gerrymandering are the political bosses, yeah. namely Robin Voss and Scott Fitzgerald, who were the Republican Party leaders. We call in the them. State, and they command everybody else to, to obey them. Uh, otherwise, there'll be severe consequences. We call them Fitzvoss now. They're just one person now. <laughs> That's it's a good like one. it's like Brangelina. I've I've created that. That's Fitzvoss. And then uh, you you said uh, they broke up Brangelina. They broke. They're yeah, we no need longer, to do that right? with Fitzvoss. We need to do that. Um, and then it's like counties have voted for this, right? Twenty two of the seventy two counties in the, in Wisconsin have voted, uh, you know, whether or not to have partisan politics involved in district lines. And it, we're twenty two for twenty two, right? That we don't yeah, want this. Every the voters county that's had a referendum where voters go to the polling place and decide whether gerrymandering is a good thing or not. 22 counties out of 22 have said overwhelmingly, no, it's a bad idea. Get rid of it. Yeah. So absolutely, the people the people are behind us on this one. Yeah, it's a it's a it's Ray Allen-type free throw percentage right there. Actually, way better, 100%. There um, you go. All right, Jay, we're going to come back. Uh, we're going to hit break for news. Scott's comments next. Uh, we'll come back. And we're, what, what do you think? What the, What's the biggest issue that we should talk about when we come back? Is it the Supreme Court stuff? Uh, that that happened over the weekend or over you know last week and or was it two weeks now and and where we go with the whole Supreme Court ideals or is there something a little bit more important? Well, we can look at that and we can also look at you know I, I think absentee voting and voting by mail is going to be a huge issue this fall, uh, particularly if this pandemic continues, and uh, we ought to take a look at whether or not that's going to be a, a possibility. And yeah, what and happened actually on, on April 7th in this past election, you know, so many people voted by absentee ballot. That's become something that's very important to a lot of Wisconsinites now, yeah, and, and that, rightfully so. And that's going to be an issue come August, right, with Kapanki and Brad Paff, and, who, and if anyone else jumps onto that wagon. Right? Well, in the primary, if there's a contested primary, sure it will be. Absolutely. Sure. All right, we'll be back in just a minute with Jay Heck from Common Cause in Wisconsin. Here's Scott's comment in the news next on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914, the talk and text line. If you got questions for Wisconsin, Common Cause in Wisconsin, I always say it backwards, Jay. Jay Heck uh, with us, <laughs> back on the phone with us. Um, all right, so I'm, I'm just I'm going to look at that. I mean, you know what, I'm going to get you talking. I'm going to look at the couple of texts I have, see if they're relevant. But uh Sure. Yeah, so we do we do have an August primary coming up in in the cross, right? Like that's that's one of those yep. things that where we're going to have to kind of one kind of consider how we want to go back to the polls, right? Lacrosse was to be honest, Jay, I mean, I went to a couple of the poll sites during the April 7th election and it wasn't a whole lot to worry about. There wasn't a whole lot of people there. It was pretty well handled. Uh, a lot of the UWL rec center, they they sectioned it off. They had guards, uh, even lacrosse police officers out there just kind of uh, keeping keeping people safe and in order. And Hey, if you had a mask on, you know, like you could go and they, they just kind of, they did everything to, to make sure that people were, were voting safely. Yeah, that's a good thing. You know, that's a far, that's a far different situation than you saw in Brown County, Green Bay, where they only had two polling places of 30 open. And then of course in Milwaukee County, there were only five polling places reduced from 181 <laughs> So you know you had you had literally four hour waits waits in line uh, in Milwaukee County and in, and in Brown County, um, was, uh, Dane County was uh, not nearly as bad. It was a bit more like Lacrosse County, but nevertheless, uh, it was a frightening thing to go around and see people standing in line 
uh, you know, wearing masks, uh, trying to stay five feet apart. Uh, but you know, then you get into the, you get into the place where you actually vote. And, uh, you know, do, did you bring your own pen? Did you, <laughs> you can use one of the pens they have. I mean, there's just a lot of uncertainty and concern that I think people should and, and, and have had about in-person voting. And Rick, you probably know this. Uh, it, it, turns out that uh, in this April election, 70% of the people that voted in Wisconsin voted by absentee ballot. That's up from like 5 or 6%, which was the highest percentage we've ever had of people voting by absentee ballot. So there was a great deal of concern. And even in La Crosse County and, and places in western Wisconsin, most of the people who voted voted by absentee. Uh, they didn't they didn't come to the polling place. So the question is going to be what's going to happen in the fall. And there were uh, you know, tens of thousands of people that uh, did try to vote by absentee and uh, applied and then didn't get their ballot until uh, either Election Day or the day after. And then uh, they couldn't vote. And there were uh, uh, literally tens of thousands of people that were disenfranchised because of that that situation where they didn't get their absentee ballot in time. Yeah, I made the so, I made the at that yeah, time Jay, I made the joke that uh you know, since Jill Karofsky won that election and the Supreme Court had overruled the extension to absentee ballots by I think 6 days. You had another 6 days to get your absentee ballot yeah. to the office and they overruled that, you know, what, 12, 15 hours before the election was actually to take place. Yeah. I, U.S. Supreme Court, yeah, and and I uh, I made the joke that you know Republicans maybe want to take that back to court to the next higher court uh, to to get those absentee ballots back since they lost the election and you know tens of thousands of ballots maybe you know hopefully there's a prayer there to get to get uh, Dan Kelly back uh, back as the uh, as the winning winning justice in that election but um, well you know and that's the ironic part about this it's not there is there is no there is no evidence that voting by absentee is favored by one party or the other, uh, you know, and, and voting by mail. This is there seems to be some sort of idea in the part of some of the Republican leaders that uh, voting by mail or, or absentee somehow benefits Democrats. That's just not the case. There are plenty of people and plenty of elderly people in particular who would prefer to vote by absentee ballot. And I don't know. A lot of the elderly people I know are pretty conservative. And so I think I think, you know, if you if you if you want to look at a way for people to be able to vote and I don't care whether they vote liberal, conservative, Democratic or Republican, uh, it just seems to me that absentee uh, uh, vote uh, uh, ballots uh, are the way to go. And it's a simple enough process to do. Uh, all you have to do is go to my vote dot wi dot gov and you can actually uh, choose to vote by absentee in the uh, august primary and in the uh, november election by going to that uh, website and uh, choose to do that right now if you don't want to that's fine too um, and you know there are some people that hopefully are, are hopeful and of course i'm hopeful too that by november people would be able to go to the polling place uh, but but what if you can't? And what if it's still unsafe? I, uh, you want to make sure you're able to able to vote. I got two texts here. One one 
just stands out. Just the, the, the idea that where we're at here as a country. Uh, Phil texts in a meme. So there we go. He's texting me a meme. And it says another uh, uh, voting by mail is so easy. I did it 750 times. And it just shows a lady with, you know, with a with a ballot. So um, and then the other texter from Tom says that text from Tom, I am in favor of return uh, of return mail mailing a voting ballot return mailing. Uh, I guess maybe ret- mailing by voting by mail, I guess. Uh, so long as it has a self-addressed postage paid envelope, no poll tax, he says. So that's well, the second there. question has already been answered, because if you do vote by absentee ballot, it's the postage is paid. Yeah. So you, so you do not have to uh, you do not have to concern yourself with that. And with regard to the first question, you know, it's a ridiculous statement on that on this part. There's no there's no evidence that there's there's fraud. And by the way, it's easy to find if it's fraud and it's a felony and right. you will get nailed for it. If you try to do that, if you were to try to mail in several votes, you know, more than your own, uh, you can get nailed for it and prosecuted to the full extent of the law. So this idea that somehow this this enables one party or the other to be able to cheat is just one of those uh, old wives tales that's that circulate and gain traction. And it has absolutely no evidence whatsoever to back it up. Yeah, I always... I always yeah. joke about how, you know, I'm going to get out there and vote as many times as I can for my, first of all, like that you would have to do it in, in the, in the thousands to, to really make an impact. And that would, be, that would take some work. I think, uh, you know, and then on top of that, there, there's, there's a pretty big penalty for, for doing this. And then not even just voting by mail, but like, an say, I think a lot of the argument is like an ill, uh, an undocumented worker or an illegal immigrant, whatever you want, whatever you want to call these people. That that aren't you know register they can't register to vote here. That the idea that they're going to a polling place um, and faking you know a name or, 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 or pretending to be somebody else, somebody I don't even know how they would do it. Uh, the idea that they're risking their ability to be in this country, whether or not they're supposed to be here or not, just to get their vote out is is pretty ridiculous as well because of the penalties they it, have. It for is them. ridiculous. And then the other safeguard for for those in particular conservatives and the Republicans who worry about this is the only way that you can get an absentee ballot mailed to you is by showing a photo ID online. In other words, you have to take a picture of your driver's license or your passport, and then that is sent in with the application for an absentee ballot and that has to be verified. So there's a check there if people are somehow worried that people voting by absentee ballot are going to be, uh, you know, these fraudulent, um, you know, uh, immigrants from, you know, some other country who are, who are going to be stuffing the ballot box. That stuff just doesn't exist. And again, as you mentioned, the penalties are severe. It's actually a felony to impersonate somebody else. And the people that get nailed get nailed pretty tough, you know, so... Uh, you're right. It doesn't happen. People don't do it. Statistics show that the chance of getting uh, struck by lightning, you know, in the middle of the Mississippi River, uh, in the middle of winter, holding a golf club up, up, up naked, uh, it's greater than, you know, the chances of you getting struck by lightning are greater there than they are of, of, of voter fraud. It yeah. just doesn't happen. 
the 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 whole voter ID thing is an issue that Republicans are bringing up in Minnesota now too. It's 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 becoming. Yeah. And then you look at the social media, and it's it's just out of out of control. Um, all right. So the one other thing I wanted to hit before I let you go is the the idea that we have. I call him a lame duck Supreme Court justice, Dan Kelly. He was voted he was voted out. Jill Karofsky takes uh, his place. I think August first. I think she takes her her spot on the Supreme Court. Uh, our our, yep. our justice system is no longer down the middle. They're you know far right or far left, and uh, they're going to be voting right. Are they going to? They haven't decided to take up a case to purge what two hundred and thirty thousand voters in Wisconsin. That's right. It's uh, this is a, uh, a, a lawsuit brought by a right wing law firm back in December. Uh, they took it before a uh, sympathetic uh, conservative judge in, in the Milwaukee suburbs, Ozaki County. And it was blocked by the Wisconsin Court of Appeals. And this would basically what it's what it's trying to do is purge 230,000 voters who didn't respond from a post to a postcard from the Wisconsin Elections Committee uh, Commission rather last last October. And the, the postcard, like a lot of the junk mail you get, didn't say anything like if you don't respond to this postcard you could be purged. It just said, respond to this, you know, this postcard. And, yeah. and and so, you know, obviously most of the people who received the postcard didn't. But so what Daniel Kelly, who recused himself from the case uh, back in March because he was running for the state Supreme Court, has now decided to do is that he will uh, he will weigh in on this case. And he has said pretty much that he will he will uh, vote to take the case and the majority of the Wisconsin Supreme Court uh, might very well be purging tens of thousands of people who were legitimately registered to vote, but by virtue of the fact that they didn't respond to a postcard, uh, means that they will they may find themselves you know in November trying to vote and finding out that they're not on the on the voter rolls, and that's just absolutely outrageous. And by the way. That will purge Republicans as well as Democrats, although not surprisingly, it's going to happen in areas where there are more Democratic voters, because that's where the uh, uh, the purge was designed to go. So, uh, and Kelly, as, as you mentioned, defeated uh, officially on April 13th, uh, serves until July 31st, and has the ability to weigh in a lame duck, defeated by more than 10 points, he has the ability to weigh in and uh, and cause that to possibly happen. So that's something that uh, we might want to take a look at, uh, whether or not lame duck uh, Supreme Court justices should have that much power over uh, over our lives. Yeah, the idea that the Supreme Court, and we're out of time here, Jay, but the idea that the Supreme Court gets to weigh in on something pretty partisan, right? Like the, the idea of who gets to vote for us, uh, and and they get to weigh in and not being a partisan entity anymore is, is a little bit. I don't have a problem with Justice Dan Kelly uh, you know, going coming back, back in. yeah, coming yeah. back in because he's no longer, you know, part of that. But on the flip side, he, his whole party is kind of, but, yep. um, Jay, thanks a lot for joining us and we'll have to catch up again, uh, soon. My pleasure, Rick. Thanks for having me. Yep. Have a good week. That's Jay Heck, Common Cause and Wisconsin's executive director. All right. That's all the time I have. We'll do this again tomorrow on Wisdom.